Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting friends and family. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to the eighth episode of Status Post Adulting, where we're going to be talking about living the sober life. But first, let me check in with my co-host, Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing really well, Sammy. I went on a hike this weekend with my friends. It was really beautiful weather. There was rolling hills and there were cows, just free roaming cows, which I don't run into livestock casually that often. So it was nice. But also, I did realize that you really have to face whether or not you have a fear of uh, docile creatures that are large. <laughs> and I don't know how comfortable I feel. It's the same way I feel when I run into deer. So Michelle, were you scared of the cows or no? I was okay with the cows. Another question, Michelle. Um, were these cows or bulls? Mostly cows, potentially a baby bull. Aww, Based off the way it was peeing. <laughs> How do cows pee? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so we saw this one cow pee, and it peed exactly the way that you would expect it to. And then we saw another, and it was like, it seemed like it was like peeing out of its rear end. But then it was also (laughs) windy, so it was kind of like going everywhere. And also, I kind of think it felt uncomfortable that we were there, so it was kind of like pee attacking us, you know what I mean? How do you know it wasn't diarrhea? It was pee. Okay, got it. How close were you to the scowl? Very close. Like, if I felt comfortable, I could technically probably have touched it, but I did not feel comfortable. And also, they walk away. And also, they don't like me. Also, they're peeing. Anyway, so yeah, it was nice to be out there with the animals. That does sound nice, Michelle. And you know what else sounds nice? Being sober. Which is, funnily enough, our podcast topic for today. Seamless transition, Sammy. Thank you. So it's interesting when Sammy and I were reflecting back We both happened to listen to a podcast back at the end of 2017, which was Tim Ferriss's podcast, and he was interviewing billionaire, founder of all the different Virgin Atlantic, all those different things, Richard Branson. During the interview, Tim asks Richard, what do you do if you ever feel unfocused or overwhelmed? And what surprised me was that Richard Branson said that anytime he felt unfocused, overwhelmed, if he felt down, he could always trace it back to drinking. The takeaway was that he really tries to limit his drinking. He tries to control his drinking. A lot of times he's too busy to drink anyway and let it affect his life. For me, it was the first time I had really started to associate someone who was successful with not drinking and the idea that drinking could be a problem outside of whatever stereotypes might come to mind. Yeah, Michelle, that's exactly right. I had the same impression. Richard Branson, he's clearly someone who's very successful. And when I think about it, I'm like, how does he have enough time or energy to do all this stuff? When he talked about not drinking, I was like, wow, maybe part of the reason he has enough energy to go ahead with all his ideas is because he's sober. I completely agree, Sammy. I think at that moment, I started paying attention. And over the years, I've seen more and more celebrities who don't drink. 
Yeah, like our beloved Kim Kardashian. How does she find her way into every podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And that was really interesting because she's definitely a woman who has built a lot of wealth. And at the same time, you see she talks about how she would promote at clubs and stuff, but she never actually drank during this time. And more and more, I would hear interviews with successful people. I would see different comedians, different podcast hosts, different authors. So many people were talking about how they don't drink anymore. I definitely started to see a correlation between people who were really taking their life to the next level and drinking. That was the start of a journey of starting to be cognizant of my drinking a little bit more, trying to control my drinking, and then in the last year, deciding to give up drinking completely. And Michelle, what did that look like for you? It's always weird to decide whether or not your drinking is problematic. I can definitely say that for me, it was not convenient. I'm a small person. It took me a while to admit this, but I am a little bit of a lightweight. And I was struggling between that, you know, nice level where you're just feeling the bubbles and the happiness and whatnot and tipping over pretty quickly into getting sick or blacking out or whatever it was. The older and older I got, the more it just felt like it didn't align with my lifestyle. Part of it too, I felt like I was continuing a lifestyle that I had adopted when I was, say, in college, but definitely did not serve me in my mid to later 20s. Yeah, Michelle, I think a lot of people start drinking either in high school or in college, and they see it as kind of a social lubricant, liquid courage. I'm going to feel more relaxed. I'm going to feel less anxious. So I'm going to be more comfortable talking to people and meeting friends and having a good time. And I think around that time period, a lot of people are meeting new people. So we kind of start to form this association with alcohol and us making new friends, when in reality, even without the alcohol, we probably would have made those new connections. That's so true, Sammy. And that was definitely true for me in a way that I didn't even realize. For me, because I wasn't putting myself in social situations and also staying sober, I didn't realize that I didn't have a lot of confidence in my natural charisma and whatnot. I did feel like I needed a little bit of alcohol to maybe make myself more interesting or whatever it was. And it's funny because I did have a group of friends that didn't drink at the same time. And I remember how much fun we would have, how we would do things that were outside of the ordinary. Like instead of going to bars or things like that, we would find these fun events around the city or they would organize cool like field days and things like that. And so I did start to see that there were fun things you can do when you're sober and you can talk to people and and be a human in the world without necessarily having to drink. So for me, what I had intended to do in an attempt to control my drinking was go out a few nights and do the things that I was doing, but intentionally choosing not to drink. And that started to show me that I could go out and meet new people, have conversations, do all of that, and not necessarily have to have alcohol. But I was still trying to balance, sometimes drinking, sometimes having a few drinks, sometimes still having too many, still trying to find that balance. Yeah, Michelle. And when do you think it went from trying to control your drinking, just regulate it, to actually just completely stopping drinking? I ended up making that decision during the pandemic. So I had been trying to control my drinking. What I noticed is that one drink, I was fine, but I could take it or leave it. I thought two was always a good limit to have. But then I realized at two drinks, I'm asking Michelle, who has alcohol in her body, to make a smart decision and stop drinking. 
I, I had come into 2020 and I was like, I'm going to limit myself to two drinks. So it was on and off whether or not I would actually stick to that. At the same time, I had been looking into the idea of being sober, of going completely without drinking. I was listening to a podcast, a comedian that I like, Nikki Glaser, was talking about how she had stopped drinking. And she actually referenced that she had stopped drinking after reading the book, How to Control Your Drinking by Alan Carr. She said that she read the book and she never picked up a drink again. I decided to download the book on my Kindle. I wasn't reading at that point, but I did know that at some point it might make sense for me to pick it up. One day, I ended up hanging out with one of my friends at work. We were just sitting around laying by the pool and I accidentally had too much to drink. And so the next day I woke up, I was hungover, I was upset with myself and I played that audiobook. I listened to it all day. What Alan Carr said really resonated with me and I decided to stop drinking. And that's when I became sober. Yeah, Michelle, I remember you had told me you read that book and that had kind of inspired me to try the sober life too. I was already not drinking a lot around that time period because a few years before that, when I started tracking my spending, I started to see that a lot of my spending was actually going towards going out to dinners or going out to the bars. And I was trying to cut back on things that I didn't value or that didn't bring me joy. Incidentally, I was also cutting back on alcohol because I was staying home, doing things at home instead of going out and meeting up with people for drinks, which incidentally resulted in me having a lot more energy, sleeping more. I also noticed that because I was at home, you know, I had alone time, I had time to recharge. I also started to feel like I wasn't completely socially and energetically spent. Before, when I was going out a lot and drinking, my week would be consumed. I would work. The days that I wasn't working, I would most likely have like some sort of social engagement. The next day, I'd probably feel hungover. And then any leftover time was filled trying to get any errands done that I needed to get done. There wasn't a lot of time to just sit and be. And once I cut out all the social engagements and all the drinking, I really had time to just sit and be with myself. And I could really see what I wanted to do with my future instead of feeling like I was on this hamster wheel. Now I had this time to sit, think about my values, think about my future, and make sure that I could align my schedule in a way that was going to move towards those future goals. Sammy, I would add to something for us, especially since we had both given up watching like television, we really weren't indulging in visual media, we had both given up social media. I think that it compounded from all of these things that we were taking out of our life. And I totally agree. I think that it's crazy to look back and think about how I used to fill my time versus how I fill my time now, which sometimes starts with me sitting on the sofa thinking a lot to myself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, Michelle. And then when you moved to Austin, I moved in with my parents and I also started dating someone who doesn't drink alcohol. So I really cut down on drinking at that time. Like I was almost never drinking. But the occasions when I would drink, I would really, I was very keenly aware of how it affected me. At that time, I was also going to spinning classes a lot or hot yoga. And especially with hot yoga, I could literally tell the effect that alcohol had had on me if I had drank one week before. And I was like, I feel fatigued during this class or more fatigued than I would be. So I just really had an appreciation for how even just small amounts of alcohol could really just dehydrate you and cause problems in your body. 
That's such a good point, Sammy. I remember too when I was even just trying to control my drinking. One thing that really helped me, especially as I started to exercise more, I was really into cycling and I would hate to drink the night before, a couple of nights before the day I would have a cycling class because one, I was like, I'm paying so much money. <laughs> And I would feel so tired, like when you're really pushing your body and you're being aware of what your body needs and you're trying to better yourself, you're on one hand working so hard to improve your body and improve your mind. And on the other hand, doing whatever you can to destroy it and poison it, which is sort of a crazy thought. Yeah, I definitely agree, Michelle. And that's kind of where I was at when I had the conversation with you about sobriety. I remember talking to you and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much sober too. And you know, you being the sassy little person that you are, were like, no, you're not 100% sober like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sammy, I was not having it. Yeah, you're really not having it. And I was like, well, I rarely drink or like maybe I'll drink like a glass with like friends at dinner or something. And you're like, no, that's not the same. Yeah, that's totally true, Sammy. I mean, one thing that I had noticed, well, for me, because when I was in Austin, things had been opening up. And I was also in a place where I didn't know that many people. I was trying to get to know my coworkers. I was trying to make friends. And I then was also quitting drinking. Part of quitting drinking is having to go and socialize with people who might be drinking and talk about why you're not drinking because <laughs> it tends to come up. And the people that I was talking to, they... It is a little bit hard to explain. It's hard to be like, well, you know, it kind of felt like it was an issue and I wanted to control it. And so now I decided to stop drinking. I think it brings up a lot of insecurities for people. You know, I don't, I felt a little bit weird about it as well. But what I also realized was, yeah, maybe we'd have an awkward five minute conversation about it. But then afterwards, it was totally fine. Everyone was okay with it. I made friends. I was able to get to know people. I got positive feedback about myself. So <laughs> I knew that even without alcohol, I was able to still go and be in social situations. And the nicest thing too was I would go home early because I was like, all right, everybody's drunk and I'm ready to go home. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I sort of had this notion that you had to go through that to be able to say that you were not drinking as well. Yeah, you kind of did like a little sober hazing with me. And I was like, okay, you know, I have this little wise sister and I should listen to what she's saying and try this fully sober lifestyle. It was really interesting because going fully sober, the problems that I expected to have weren't there. Like I was expecting that, you know, either maybe people would be asking questions about why I'm not drinking, which that's not really a problem. Or I thought maybe, you know, I wouldn't feel as relaxed or enjoy my time as well. And it's really interesting because I think we are kind of programmed to feel that we won't be able to relax. We won't be able to be social unless we've had a drink, especially if we've been drinking like a majority of our adult life. And I really did not find that to be true. And the best thing is, at whatever social engagement I would go to, instead of drinking a glass of wine or, you know, a cocktail or something, instead I'm drinking water and I really need to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> Hydration is very important. We can all drink more water, Sammy agreed. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, instead of drinking a glass of whatever, I'm drinking three or four glasses of water. And it's nice because it's hard to hydrate during work. And it's nice to be able to have like that time period to like fully rehydrate myself. Even when I come home, first of all, I'm able to cut off the night earlier because I'm sober, so I'm not going to go along with any 
let's continue bar hopping plans. I'm able to go to bed at my early 10 o'clock, 10.30 bedtime without any problems. Yeah, my little Sammy morning person does not like to be out late. (laughs) And then also, I come home, I have lots of energy, I'm able to wash my face. Oh my gosh, Sammy, that is so underrated. Yes. Anybody who puts anything on their face during the day You know you have to wash your face before you go to bed. It's the one staple about being an adult human being. Yeah, Michelle, that's exactly true. And I was also impressed that I had a lot of energy. Sometimes I would attribute me coming home from hanging out with my friends and then dancing around the kitchen to me being drunk or tipsy. And it turns out that's just me. After I've had a social engagement, I've got to see my friends. If I'm not socially drained, I'm pretty excited. So I come home and I'm really cheerful. I'm ready to go to bed and go to like a high quality deep sleep included rest. And that next day, I'm not just waking up only to fall back asleep at one o'clock. I'm waking up and I'm ready to have another normal day. Yes, Amy, I think one thing we haven't really gone that deep into is how much drinking affects things like your general state of being well rested. Because there are so many studies that show that having a drink does mess up your sleep, it messes up your deep sleep. You end up being tired for much longer than, say, the one day after that you were drinking. And I noticed that, you know, especially as I got older, I don't know if I was just more aware of it, but I would sometimes in the middle of the week still feel tired, like I didn't mm-hmm. catch up on that rest. Yeah, exactly, Michelle. When I reflect on me before, when I was drinking, even though it was, you know, it was occasional, it wasn't all the time, but I felt like I was more of this person who could be more easily irritable, was tired, had trouble focusing, versus now I just feel so much more authentically me, able to concentrate. How I imagine myself is me with this giant energy aura just like radiating out. I completely agree, Sammy. It's crazy how with this change, I just feel so much more energetic day to day. I never wake up after a night of not drinking and feeling any regret about it. I'm always happy. I'm always pleased that I still have another day in my weekend or whatever it is that I can enjoy. Yeah, Michelle. I do think sobriety brings a sense of presence. And after stopping drinking and realizing that When you never use alcohol to cover up any emotions, you're just much more in tune with yourself. And being in tune with yourself allows you to then learn how to manage and see these emotions or these feelings that come up and learn how to deal with them. That's really interesting, Sammy, because I think what you're saying is exactly true. What we don't realize is that when we use things like alcohol and any other substance, consumption, whatever Mm -hmm. it is in your life that you're using to numb yourself to what you're feeling, numb yourself to distract yourself from what's going on in your life, it's taking away a beautiful opportunity to really reflect and see, sit in whatever it is that you need to sit in. And I'm not saying that that's easy. I'm not saying that that's comfortable. But at the same time, I think sometimes even without realizing it, we're trying to numb that feeling or numb you know, those voices in our head or that busy day at work. When it comes to drinking, we've been doing it for so long, we don't even realize that we haven't given ourselves a chance to really live in the moment and really understand what's going on in our lives. Yeah, Michelle, that's exactly right. When we're not sedating ourselves, whether it's with alcohol, another substance, visual media, social media, overeating, when we're not sedating ourselves, we're really able to show up for our lives and see what's going on. 
Yes, Amy. And I think that's what I realized since we first heard that interview with Richard Branson. The reason that so many people who are successful are set apart by the fact that they have, you know, chosen to never drink or, you know, have chosen to live a sober lifestyle is because they were able to give themselves the space to become the best version of themselves. One thing I noticed too, especially right after I stopped drinking, was in contrast to how a lot of these celebrities and successful people are living their lives, we are being marketed so heavily to drink on commercials, the radio station, billboards, everything that you do, you can have a reason to drink. Remember sitting there and looking and had a bad day, get a drink. Want to have friends, get a drink. Uh, meeting up with your coworkers, time for happy hour. Oh, you know, you're classy, you're fun. Time to become a wine sommelier. Time to do a wine tasting. Oh, you're a cool girl, drink beer, drink whiskey. It's like no matter what type of person you want to be, they have an alcohol for you. <laughs> they have a drink for you. And I think for me, there was a period of my time where I, in different types of drinks, in different types of situation, really indulged that. Now I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's crazy how often we're bombarded with just drinking, 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 drinking messages. And then you turn and look and you're like, well, the people who are making the most money, the people who are the most successful, the people who are the most peaceful are the ones that aren't drinking. Yeah, exactly, Michelle. We wanted to talk about this because we know a lot of people have been thinking about sobriety with the pandemic. And we want to share our stories and the benefits that we've gotten from living a sober lifestyle. Yeah, Sammy, exactly. And so however that ends up manifesting for you, we wanted to be able to share a different perspective. Exactly. And as always, thank you all for listening to the podcast, for writing, for reviewing, for all the positive feedback we've received. We really take it all to heart and we really appreciate it. And I want to give a special birthday shout out to my friend, Sejin. Thank you for listening to the podcast and for sharing it with your friends. I hope you have a wonderful birthday. If you all want to follow us, please check us out on Instagram at statuspostadulting and DM us with any questions or you can email us at statuspostadulting at gmail.com. And of course, as always, join us next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.